you wanted the best, you've got the best podcast. The hottest, hottest. podcast in the, world. in the world. The Chris Voss Show, the preeminent podcast with guests so smart you may experience serious brain bleed. The CEOs, authors, thought leaders, visionaries, and motivators. Get ready, get ready. Strap yourself in. Keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the vehicle at all times because you're about to go on a monster education roller coaster with your brain. Now, here's your host, Chris Voss. Hi, folks. This is Voss here from thechrisvossshow.com. There you go. I don't know, man. Every time that Iron Lady uh, pipes up, man, that just wakes me right up from whatever sleep I'm in. I'm just like, holy crap, maybe I should put that on my alarm. She does such a great job. I'm glad I don't have to do that after 14 years of doing the Chris Voss Show singing. No one liked that anyway, right? I don't know. You guys run up to me at shows and sing it. Uh, welcome to the Chris Voss Show, my family and friends. We certainly appreciate you guys coming in. As always, we have the CEOs, the billionaires, the White House presidential advisors, the politicians, the the Pulitzer Prize winners, the most smartest people on the planet, the right books, share their stories, share all the stuff that they learned of their cathartic journeys of life and survival and everything else. And as always, we have another great author on the show today. Joel Gandara joins us on the show with us. He is the author of the latest book to come out. It's coming out to March 20 or March 3rd, 2023. It's 31 days to become a better man. Level up in all areas of your life is his book and you can order up where refined books are sold he was born in cuba came to the united states in 1980 his family arrived on an overcrowded boat and even though he was a kid he knew that he'd landed somewhere life-altering his father took a job repairing electrical equipment in a non-profit radio station while his mom cleaned rooms in a hotel and with their tremendous work ethic his family lived below the poverty line like many immigrants. That led him to become an entrepreneur early on, mostly on a necessity. He started earning money at the age 10 when he was in fourth grade. His first business plan was to buy products that he could resell in the schoolyard. I love it. I had a lot of fun, and it, he had a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun reading this. He had a lot of fun, and he also learned many important life lessons that have helped him throughout his life. His parents could not afford to give him pocket money. So did mine. Mine were, mine were pretty stingy. But we were poor, too. And that's what happened and how he learned to make money and build his business. He's done uh, various different things with doing smart investing, flea markets, eBay sales, wholesale businesses, and importing from Mexico, starting uh, wholesale shows in Las Vegas and Paris, and uh, offering business owners the opportunity to sell products in brick-and-mortar stores near worldwide. He sells. Uh, he went from selling other companies' products to creating his own brand. And in 13 months, his brand reached $1 million in sales. Welcome to the show, Joel. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me, Chris. There you go. Thank you for coming. We certainly appreciate it. Give us your dot-coms. Where do you want people to find you on the interwebs? Sure. 31dailychallenges.com is what I'm up to now. That's the number three and one, 31dailychallenges.com. There you go. Kind of like 31 flavors. Only like how to be a better man kind of That's right. sort of thing. So give us a 30,000 overview. What's inside your book? Yeah, so there's a lot to it. But to start off, I built up a business that enabled me making seven-figure net profit EBITDA in my pocket mm -hmm. to build a team to then handle it so I didn't have to be in the day-to-day -day for the last eight, nine, ten years. That allowed me to get into stuff that I really love, which is coaching and helping people. And I did it as a volunteer in every startup and accelerator that asked me to. I did that organically turned into coaching because some people said, I want to hire you as my one-on-one -on -one coach instead of this group mentor for this startup group. And so mm -hmm. that turned into something. 
And then I started learning things from these entrepreneurs. I saw what was missing mm-hmm. and what wasn't working for them. And then I started realizing, why did certain things work for me, but they're not working for these folks? And that's what I put in this book. It's all the very good habits of the top entrepreneurs that I've coached. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as and I'll include myself in there. I coached myself. I think I was a pretty good entrepreneur. I still am. And I, I'm putting in there all the things that helped me succeed. And it isn't just business decisions. It's a lot of discipline. It's a yeah. lot of getting up every day and doing the thing you got to do. It's being uncomfortable. It's having very difficult conversations. So every single day, there's a different challenge. There's two. There's usually a, there's always a physical challenge. And then there's this mental self-development challenge. There you go. So we'll get back to the book, but give us, tell us a little bit about yourself as the audience. Tell us about your journey. I mean, it's certainly coming, you know, from Cuba and uh, on all that stuff. It's, it's quite the journey coming to America and then trying to find your way through, you know, the maze of, of coming up in America. Yeah. So got here as a kid, a uh, 12 hour boat ride, four of it, four of those hours were rough seas and it is etched in my mind. I have a serious fear of the ocean. I really do. And I live in South Florida, Miami, Fort Lauderdale area. So uh, it's funny, I'll tie it back to the book. On my day 18, it's about facing your fears. I don't want to be a hypocrite. So uh, I got scuba certified a few months back. And to me, I know that might sound like no big deal to most people, but to go into the ocean and know that, man, it's way down there. And I went down there. That was one of the toughest things I've ever done in my life. I got, I got a YouTube video about it. I documented the whole thing. So, you know, it's okay. So that's the start of early memories are coming here in a rough seas. And that up and down continued for me. And I'll tell mm-hmm. you, we got here. My mom was a physics teacher in Cuba. My dad was an electrician. Here, she cleaned hotel rooms at the Sir Francis Drake Hotel in San Francisco, where I grew up, that area. And my dad would fix people's radios and TVs back then. Then he got a very low-paying job. And my parents were really smart and thrifty and bought a house within a couple of years, paid it off a few years later, but lived a very simple life. Unfortunately for me, though, that meant living in a very bad neighborhood, getting into fights, uh, doing stupid things. <laughs> As we all do in, in youth. Yeah. So unfortunately for me, my, I was arrested at 18 and then at 19. So those are wow. adult, adult records. And, mm-hmm. and I'll, I'll credit it to, first of all, it's all me. Bad decisions. I shouldn't have done that, those things. But I wanted to make money and I didn't know any way how to do it. And everybody in my neighborhood was doing it illegally that I knew of, right? The ones that stood out were the drug dealers, the guys who yeah. robbed stuff, you know, those sort of things. So a lot of stupid decisions. And at 19, I said, that's it. This isn't what my upbringing was like. My parents were destroyed by these stupidity things on my part. And I made a decision. I said, number one, I'm going to buy a house in the next three years by 22. And I did. I put $32,000 down about a house every every year for four years. After that, I kept buying houses. Wow. I kept selling, working full-time jobs, part-time jobs. I always had a lot of work. I worked four hours. I slept four hours a night from the age of 19 to 22, and I don't regret it. I spent those three years or four years, whatever it is, with a cold. I couldn't kick the cold because I never slept. And I knew it, but I couldn't do it because I had this big goal. If I had my first house and the second and the third and build a business. So a lot of ups and downs. Fortunately, now at 48 years old, I've had some successes. I've had some exits of a couple of businesses. And now the water is smooth. I'm not in that four-hour battle on that boat like I was before. There's no screaming on the ups and yellings on the downs. It's kind of cool now, and I get to enjoy it and look back and appreciate it. There you go. That's the beauty of working hard. You do the hard work early on. And, uh, you know, I remember telling my business partners when we were young, I'm like, we can start this company at 22, and we can work our asses off, and maybe it'll work, and maybe it won't. But or we can keep climbing our corporate ladder, and and I, I see these fifty year olds leaving the corporate parrot golden parachute, and 
I don't think I'm going to have the energy for this uh, when I'm 50. And yeah, I, there's no way I could have worked what we did for our company. <laughs> That's a way to do it. That's the way to do it. So in this book, you know, you mentioned one thing that part of the habits or tasks that you have in here are are both physical and and I suppose mental. Maybe a good assertion. I'll let you correct me if I'm wrong. Why is that important to have both of those in there? Yeah, I, I don't know how to silo things and separate them and and be really good at one thing and then horrible at other parts of my life. To me, it's all together. Especially for the entrepreneur who his brain or her brain is it's all mixed. It's mm. oh yeah, I got to take my wife out on a date. Oh, I got to call that customer about this million dollar PO he might be putting. It's all in there and we can't clock out and start the other thing. So, and here's what, so that's one part of it. The other part is I really believe our lives have become too easy. Our ancestors, if they were as soft and as lazy as we are, we wouldn't be here today. So the saber tooth tiger would have eaten them. They would have been so stupid and looking down at their phone, they would have walked off a cliff, right? So we are blessed that our ancestors were real people. I mean, those women were probably yeah. way stronger than, us as men and those mm -hmm. men were superstars throwing spears and, and hitting an animal and eating it so i think we got to suffer a little bit and i don't mean a david goggins in your face yell at you go <laughs> run 100 miles today not that but put yourself in a little bit of uncomfortable situations and hey when you got to do 100 push-ups in a day and you haven't been doing that you go i don't know that's a lot do it let's just do, yeah. it. Let's do these 31 days of little challenges like that that at the end not at the end Day three, guys are writing me and saying, because I'm in it with them. I'm in that WhatsApp and the 24 guys at time only. And they're telling me, this is changing my life. And I go, dude, chill out. It's day three. You got 90 <laughs> to go. Yeah. Pace yourself. <laughs> the, uh, no, I mean, I, I, did, I was the guy who didn't go to the gym for most of my life. And I was always like, I'm, I got to get this business built or startup done or whatever. I'll, I'll, I'll take care of my health later. And, and so I never, I don't think I ever went to the gym for a week straight in all my life. And until I got older and I realized the value of it in not only in, in stimulating your body stimulates your brain. So, I mean, you know, it, you reach that age where things are starting to go foggy and you're like, I've got to work out. And there's a feeling that you get from it and it helps your brain, it helps your thought process, it helps your vision. It, it just encourages so much more. And I think it's even more important, you know, both men and women need that because we're physical beings. But I think it's more important for a man because it refills your testosterone. You know, when you work out your legs, it rebuilds your testosterone. You're, you're we're very, we're been we're very physical beings as men when we're giving up our body strength for a reason to be, you know, fighters, defenders, protectors, <clears throat> and everything else. And so there's a feeling you get, and maybe it's endorphins or whatever, you know, just there's probably so many chemicals that come from it that are so important for your body to have. And then, then the factor of discipline, you know, it, realizing that, you don't go to the gym to give a shit about what other people do at the gym or, you know, some, who, who cares about some guy who can lift more than you. It's, a, it's the battle within yourself or with yourself. It's, it's the battle of the challenge and the discipline within you. And I think men really need that more than ever, especially today. Oh, yeah. First of all, you're being told that being a man is somehow a bad thing by people mm. with blue hair. But I'll, I'll, I'll say one more thing. So if a guy hears us talking right now and says, I'm 25, I'm building a business, I'm working really hard, I can take it easy. Maybe when I'm 40 and things start to change, I'll start working out. I'll tell you what, you could tell the guy who's 25 that works out compared to the guy who's 25 who does not work out. He shows up even better than the other guy. So what I say to those guys like us who work 12 hours a day, 16 hours a day and worked really hard when we were young, mm -hmm. see, I didn't do this enough. 
but we should have stopped for a moment. Let's say we got to get up to, if we're drinking enough water, we got to get up to go to the bathroom every so often. Do 20 push ups every time you go out to the bathroom. Right? And, and do a, a one minute jumping jacks. You know, do these little tiny things that you squeeze in throughout your day that's going to show, you're going to show up different. Your posture is going to be different. Your muscles are going to be a little leaner, stronger. You're going to look in the mirror and be that extra little bit more confident because I wasted years being not so confident in my businesses and thinking, I don't know if I could ever pitch to that company. I don't know if they'll buy from me. I would have had that confidence had I do that. Now, later I went and pitched to them and, and I got those clients, but I would have done it even sooner, made more money, felt better, and gotten that good steamroll going early had I built that confidence by working out and, and taking care of myself. Oh, yeah. I mean, it makes all the difference in the world in how you feel, how you come across, your confidence, your presence. I mean, when you feel strong and embodied, and the thing that I would say to somebody who's watching, like you said, 25, you don't want to play catch-up, man. I'm busy trying to play catch-up, and it's hard, man. I mean, trying to lose fat and get the testosterone balance right and 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 you know burn off all the shit that I've done to my body, lay that new foundation, it's freaking hard. It's definitely hard. I've had also thing. If you're a young guy, I tell this to my kids. I've got four mm -hmm. kids. Three of them are boys. My oldest is 18. He's a soldier. I tell them, if you take care of yourself and you show up looking great, you got great posture, you're strong, you got a good smile, you don't have acne because you exercise, drink a lot of water, flush it all out, wash your face regularly, guess who you attract? You attract top shelf women, mm -hmm. right? You attract, you attract top shelf friends. If you're the nerdy guy in the corner who doesn't take care of himself, you're, that's your new circle. Go to a party. I bet you, you and I, we go to a party. We'll end up attracting the people that we are like, and that yeah. goes for everybody. So raise your bar so that everyone around you raises too. Yeah. And when you're confident, people get it. People see you as a leader. It's much more easy to lead companies, to, to build things. You know, I can walk into any room and start taking it over. I usually walk into my, I usually walk into my testosterone clinic for my testosterone replacement and there's usually a whole mess of people sitting there. I'll come up and pound my hand on the table and be like, I'm here to donate my testosterone. And then I'll look around the room. I give it a scan. You own that room. And I own that room. And I, I can do that a lot. I get off on it. Kind of, It's kind of funny. I'll, I'll do that. I'll go there. I'll go get my haircut. And I'll just take over the room and have everybody rolling and laughing. But, uh, you know, you, you just come across as more confident. And you have that power. And, and people and people do respect it. Or, or they're, they're drawn to it. That are people. Most people run away from me because they see what I look like after I take over a room. But, uh, no, it's funny. So, in, in the book... You, there's a the lead-in you talk about where men are being told that having low testosterone levels, weaker handshakes compared to younger generations, and how masculinity is involved. Do you do you talk in the book, I guess, about the definition of masculinity and what we're being, what we've been led to believe recently? Yeah, well, our masculinity is toxic, and uh, if you're too much of a man, that's bad. Hmm. Uh, if you work out every day, they're making connections of that to it being a bigot and a racist and who knows how, you know, there's all these yeah. crazy things yeah. out there. I don't listen to too much noise. I haven't watched news in eight years. I can't tell you yeah. what's going on in the world. Gladly. I don't want to be, and I don't want to get too political, but I will share this. There's one side of the political spectrum that will move forward more than the other. The thought of not eating meat, right? Uh -huh. Eating meat raises testosterone. I eat a steak a day. <laughs> Do you really? Yeah, guys with high testosterone vote a certain way. I think I think I want to start doing. <laughs> so so put, put, connect those two. 
Yeah. I'm on a Zempic, so it's not going to work. Right, right, right. But, okay, so I eat testosterone. I I eat steaks. I have a high testosterone naturally. I have never taken anything yet. One day I will. Yeah. And I'm a pretty conservative guy. And Mm -hmm. most of my friends who are high testosterone, strong guys who I train jujitsu with, who I lift weights with, Mm -hmm. they're all pretty conservative guys for the most part. But then when I read this article that the left doesn't want you to eat meat for the most part, guess what? When you don't eat meat and lower your testosterone, you're more likely to vote for the left. So yeah, that's I, something that I see from the outside. That I'm not sure it's a I'm not sure it's a full monolith because I'm on the left, but I'm a moderate Democrat. I don't think it's a monolith. I I think some of those articles they try to paint a broad swath on people. But I will agree with you that there is an attack on men. And it has been going on since the 60s. And it's a very insidious and evil attack on men. And it actually falls on both sides of the political forum. Part of it is, part of it grew out of when women were sitting at home and men were making life easy, we, they started doing advertisements through TV. And, you know, TV came into its age. TV advertisers figured out early on, and so did sitcoms and everything else, that the play to the audience they had before them. You know, women's natural state is uh, not to be self-accountable. It's just the way they are. It's kind of a feature, not a bug. And so, you know, it became shows that devalued men. You know, oh, dads are stupid. You know, we went from, we went from, uh, what was the, leave it to Beaver. Yeah, um, Ward yeah, Cleaver. Went, Ward Cleaver was yeah. the ideal strong yeah, husband, strong Strong father. husband, great father. To, you know, I'm pick your... Bewitched. Bewitched. Uh, maybe, Sarah. yeah, the stupid, stupid guy. And so they, the advertisers and, and media started figuring out that women liked poking fun at men and playing the victim card. And so they started focusing on that. And that's when we really started evolving as men. And, of course, the family breaking apart with abortion and everything else. And you, can, you can literally tie the decline of marriage and manhood and, and, and men's stuff to that. And it, it's, it, it became a generation where... Over the last few generations, the, the, the alpha men died off, and there be, just became beta fathers, and now there's just simp fathers, <laughs> you know, guys who rock around going, happy wife, happy life, and so, but it's much more insidious than that. It goes, it goes to, you know, it basically breaks down to feminism, really, when it comes down to it, and feminism's interest was never to be fully equal. There is no equality in, in the universe. Men and women are not equal. If somebody tells you that... Just give them an earful. Yeah, that's um, the same argument. Whoever would think that is, no, we're all the exact same. Women are just as strong as men. Um, Look, I think we all have tremendous strengths. My wife do, is a yeah. woman. My wife has the most patience. She's the most nurturing and motherly. Yeah. It's the reason that kindergarten teachers are yeah. women. I don't see too many male kindergarten teachers. But you also don't see any guys saying they're being discriminated against that. Yeah. They're not. We're not built for that for the most part. There are exceptions yeah. to everything. But you and I would be the worst kindergarten teachers in the world, right? Yeah. But I'm in, and, and I don't, you know, I don't know. One of the things that one of the biggest problems is there's just been a serious attack on men. And the, the attitude has been that men must be put down in order for women to rise up. And it's been a scarcity mindset where it hasn't been like, Hey, we can all rise together. And, and part of it comes from sexuality and intersexual dynamics, women's value for sexual and mating peaks at 23 for men's attraction, men's value peaks at 55 because we're valued for resources. We're not valued for beauty. We have to earn our place in society. And women felt that they could hack the system by becoming men and entering a men's world. I mean, leadership, 
battle that goes on the corporate level. It is a tribal fight battle that men used to go into when they would fight with, you know, uh, you know, woolly mammoths or whatever, the lions and shit. It's a men's world. And it's designed that way on purpose. Leadership is a, is a masculine trait. Yeah. Trust, honesty, loyalty, all that stuff is masculine. Yeah, and so women want to play in that world, but they don't want to accept the most key value of, of men, which is self-accountability and self-actualization. Mm-hmm. And there's a reason for that. It's a feature, not a bug in, in their aspect of their, their human thing. But the delusion that has been fed to women for all these decades is that you can have everything. They were raised by you can have everything, and little boys were told you need to do whatever the women say. Yeah, well, look, why, look how do you get brought up as a little boy with yeah. your mom, and then with a female school teacher yeah. who pats you on the back and gives you a sticker when you make you yeah. please her? Those yeah. are the guys right now saying happy wife, happy yeah. life. Right? Yeah, and men are. We've had a lot of psychologists on race on this, so there's data on this, people. If you don't believe me, but basically, men have left have been driven out of teaching. And it's just women. So these these little boys are being raised by women fathers, fembot fathers. They're being raised by fembot teachers. And they are treated in school like defective girls. So when Jimmy acts up like a little boy does, because that's how little boys are, and that's important for them to do what they do, they get treated like defective girls. And so there's been this whole thing that we just need to turn men into women and which is weird because all the women want to become men. That's really yeah. what you see. You know, yeah. it's a change so of roles. And ultimately, I don't think anybody's happy under that scenario. They're not. And nope. the interesting thing about it is the feminists are still running a dualistic strategy. So uh, <laughs> I see so many feminists that are still running hypergamy. So they're still dating up. They're still supporting a patriarchy. Even anybody tells you they don't support the patriarchy, they go to church all the time and believe in religion, which is a patriarchy. Women technically still want a guy watching over him, whether he's in in the house or in the sky. And they're chasing it. You can see what they're doing on dating apps. It's all data that you can see with this. But it's, it's pretty insidious because what they've been trying to do is flip the model where women can become men and men can be take a step back and be women and it's not about equality at all if it was about equality you'd have women would be you know on the draft you know mm-hmm. you would you, you they wouldn't need they would need special assistance to get ahead you know if it, nowadays if you go into a job you know if you're a man or a woman against it a woman might get the job you might get the board seat and stuff not whether you deserve it but maybe you know you're just because you, you know, oh we need to Check that box. People but you know recently there's kind of been a return to stuff yeah there i heard a story of and this has been happening a lot in corporate america we're seeing that in the dating markets but uh, recently there was a, a big high-powered attorney firm and they couldn't figure out why they couldn't keep women silicon valley is the same thing they couldn't keep women in jobs and they're like why is it all you know we have these women making all these money they have all this power they have all this, all the success and at 40 they're dumping out on us and leaving and going and starting families mm-hmm. and they're like why can't we keep women and it's because women eventually will always default back to their biology they'll go have families and you know what happens when they don't not all of them there's again there's always exceptions to everything but the yeah. one who doesn't do that ends up at 50 completely alone and yeah. there's, there's a lot of women regretting that now i'm seeing that in the dating market the, and it's very rare that there's a woman at 50 who doesn't have children. It's really freaking rare. But what I'm finding now is is a more disturbing trend where the women 
bought the corporate man thing, you know, and they bought this lie that says, hey, don't, don't, don't go serve a man as a wife. Go serve a corporate man <laughs> CEO yeah. is a thing and freeze your eggs and stuff. And so now the disturbing thing that I'm seeing is women who are in their 50s with a half-cooked family on their divorce and they're looking for new mates to come in at 50, 55 yeah. with a half-cooked family. And I'm seeing women that are posting in dating apps that, hi, I'm 47, I froze my eggs, and I need to find a mate really fast so I can start a family because I live the corporate trend. And basically, we're going to see here in the next 20 years the, the, what the, the end of the, the, the attempt to flip this, this lie on society and biology. And you're going to see women that are going to be seven years old where they're trying to get their kids out of the house because they waited all these years. Yeah. There's no man that's going to take that. I'm 55. I'm I'm going traveling, man. I I'm not yeah. trying to recoup. And also, as a man at 55 who's built wealth and has life experience, and exactly. the women aren't necessarily like you said, they're not looking just for looks. They're looking for security and yeah. protection yeah. and a good yeah. life. Yeah. You have a whole gamut to choose from. Oh yeah, I mean, from as a 25 man, 25 to 50. Yeah, you, you, your value is still there. Yeah, and I'm at I'm at my peak value, so I'm not settling. I'm at my peak income. Most men by 55 are in their peak income levels. So the sad part is, is these women don't understand how frail they're going to get. They don't understand how, you know, they usually have no idea what a truckload. What's the thing they get when they're about 50 that changes? They, they lose their ability um, to have kids. Menopause. Have flashes. Menopause. Uh, menopause. That, that thing's a nightmare. Yeah. And you're going to have literally kids that are going to be, when they want to leave for junior high, they're going to have to change 65-year-old mom's diaper and uh, hope that she doesn't wander out of the house with our Alzheimer's. That's yeah. what you're going to have coming up here yeah. and no with husband. all these people who saved and no husband and all these people who saved them. And it's going to be ugly. And mom's going to be working at Costco till she's 80 to get these damn kids out of her house. Yeah, look, gonna, I think, and I don't mean to say that if a woman feels one way, she should force herself to do something else. Sure. Fortunately for me, fortunately for my wife, my wife has those old school traditional values and she gets mm -hmm. it. Whether it's mm -hmm. she manipulated me for 21 years, I don't know, but she seems to act like this is her calling. And what mm -hmm. does that do? It makes me want to fulfill my calling, right? To protect, to give additional security, make sure mm -hmm. our four kids are taken care of. And man, if she's faking it, it it's a great show, but, but we're also happy. Because we're yeah. all fulfilling our roles that I think we were designed or evolved to do. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it just all came to this lie that, that women were told, hey, you can have it all. You can do everything. And that's just bullshit. No one can have it all and no one can have anything. And instead of logically being able to go like men can and go, that's bullshit, they're emotionally connected to it. And the more, the more they find it's bullshit, the more... Well, men are to blame for it. They double down, yeah. yeah. Emotions will could lead you to delusional thinking. It's I think it's logic that helps you figure things out and go the right direction. Yeah. Emotion isn't reality. Emotion is your perception of reality. Yeah. And you and then whatever decide way you decide to react to it. So yeah, men's men's thing has been over uh, under attack for a lot of time, and I think that was told to both sides of the political party of spectrum. All women were telling their daughters after the seventies, "You can have it all." You can be a businesswoman, you know, don't, don't stay home and do what I did. They just curse their kids to go into this life of hell. And now they're all waking up at 40 and 50 going, Jesus, I hate this. I hate being a man all the time. I hate being masculine all the time.
Yep. And it's too late. For you some know, I know cases of those type of women, and mm -hmm. they, these are friends, with a guy who put up with that, right? Mm -hmm. Good guy, doing everything he could for his wife and being that submissive type guy. Mm -hmm. And then guess what happens after a certain age? That woman leaves him. I've seen this happen, too, in, in multiple yeah. occasions, to go for a tough guy. Because in the end, what she wanted is that tough guy. I might grab her hair a little bit. I don't know. I don't condone that. But, you know, just be a little more rough as opposed to the yes, dear type of guy. They always go to masculine. I mean, it's funny. You'll hear all, you'll hear all this stuff being said about how, you know, we want nice guys. And women do that for a PR reason. It's a feature, yeah. not a bug. And they're not. We're, we're, we're aggressive and direct communicators. They're indirect and non-aggressive, subversive communicators. So they they... They, they deal in a different sort of way, and there's a reason for that if you studied human nature all over time. But the biggest lie that has been told to men and women for the past, since the 60s, is that we're equal, we're not different, and we, we all have the same strengths, and we all can be each other. I mean, it's just bullshit. Yep. And sadly, a lot of men were raised that way. I was raised by an alpha grandfather and grandmother. I saw an alpha grandfather, and I saw what a feminine alpha relationship was with a masculine and a feminine place and then on the other side i had i had the opposite i had a very masculine angry bitter vicious shrew grandmother with a weak husband and i grew up with this juxtaposition looking at both of them going why is she such an angry person and vicious and mean and this woman over here is feminine and beautiful and and so well and it was because she had a masculine husband and she did not and she was having to live in her masculine and really it comes down to the very simple things people living in their masculine people living in their feminine but you're right a lot of people have deluded and been lied to about what being masculine means yeah, yeah. and it doesn't help that women have taken over the uh, psychology boards and they recently <laughs> declared that masculinity is 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 bad and evil and, you know it's, yeah, it's well, I mean, 20 years ago i remember reading in college more yeah more than 20 years ago reading in college feminist books that as i read them i had a good head on my shoulders i i kept i couldn't believe as i turned the pages that they're saying these lies everything was that the men in this planet are the worst thing in the world this is mm -hmm. what pumping into kids brains and some of them didn't come as prepared to college i think i was a little bit older and they probably believe it all. But it was thing after thing that tells you mm -hmm. that you're horrible, you're bad, and maybe simply go kill yourself, I guess. I don't know what they wanted us to do other than just simp and be the, the weakest person possible. It's really weird. But you see, they tell us all this stuff, but then you go on dating apps and you see what women are chasing. They're chasing the most masculine man. You see what the feminists do. Like, I know so many feminists. They married a guy who made more money, who was more masculine, and everything else. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's just it's just hilarious right. to see. Like you said, it's PR. It's good PR. It's good PR. It's, yeah. it's, I think, and real in reality, my theory of is from what I know about women is it's a it's a it's a it's a sabotage mechanism for because women compete for men. So uh -huh. what they do is they tell women, "Hey, you should you should go paint your hair blue and go over to that march over there." Keep in mind, I'm a moderate Democrat, folks. Yeah, you don't sound um, like it. You sound like a right-wing conspiracy theorist. You would think, but I'm not. I'm just a guy who understands sexual dynamics. But you know what? You can be right where you are politically in your yeah. thoughts, but as the political yeah. parties move, 
you're looking like a little bit more conservative probably over the years. Maybe. Yeah, I used to be kind of a liberal and then I kind of understood what was going on with the stuff. And I, you know, I don't agree with the far left of my party. I don't agree with the far right of, of mm -hmm. the Republicans. To me, I really see that the extremes are really the problems in this country. Oh, yeah. You know, there's plenty of moderate uh, Republicans that, you know, are fucking sane and and moderate Democrats, I hope that are sane. I, I yeah. seem, I think I'm sane. So sure. whatever that means. I mean, what's the old definition of sanity? It's just whatever enough people think they are on a curve. But yeah, so men have been deluded. They've been told all this thing. Masculinity is toxic. You know, no one ever says the words toxic femininity, which there really isn't. It's it's really, yeah, it's it's just toxic masculinity. There isn't toxic masculinity. There are people who are toxic that are men. <laughs> I mean, there we put them in prison. Too. Yeah, there's toxic females too. We put, you know, we put those toxic men in prison usually. So, you know, I'll tell you that that's all I want to do is bring attention to this and let these guys who have been pushed down for so long, hey, give it a shot for 31 days. You're going to be a little bit more masculine. And like I said, it doesn't even take the 31 days because they're starting to message me a lot sooner. But mm -hmm. once they do some little exercises, like, hey, get things off your chest, say to these people what's been on your chest, do this exercise. Get yourself in a cold bath and wake yourself up. Something starts changing in your brain and in your behavior when you do these sort of things. Most definitely. Most definitely. It, it changes. It, it starts amping up your masculinity. It starts amping up endorphins, dopamine, serotonin. I mean, I'm no, I'm no scientist, clearly. And so you do this. Let's talk about some of the programs you do on your website. I see men's and women's programs here. And then I think you have some groups and stuff. Let's, let's get into what is the offerings you have there. Sure. Guys go through these 31 days. At the, look, here's the thing. I exited my businesses and I'm okay financially. I'm not doing this for money. I'm doing it to impact lives. I'm an entrepreneur, so I love building. But the price for these 31 days is $199. I don't think I'll ever raise that price because I just want as many guys to be able to try this out and see if they love it. Yeah. What I do with every class of 24 guys, I pick the top few guys and yeah. I invite them into what I call the brotherhood. That's my inner circle. If those guys need me at any time, they can call me up and it's happened. A guy called me this morning, his father passed away, and I was the first one he talked to, right? So I'm there for them. They're there for each other. I bring them amazing speakers. We had 48 guys with an entrepreneur yesterday who's an amazing author. I've got an Air Force general talking to him. I've got Israel Del Toro. He's an airman in a, hum in a Humvee. He was there to call airstrikes in Afghanistan. He got blown up, ears gone, face gone. He's talking to my guys and coming out to visit them. We have an annual retreat. We do all these cool men stuff. Rented mm -hmm. fishing boats here in Miami, caught a bunch of big fish in September. Mm -hmm. And that's a circle of guys that they usually don't have before. Guys who've been through the 31 days, they've been through that boot camp, and they mm -hmm. understand each other. We're all working to get better. So there's that. Recently, my wife, Jessica, who's amazing, cancer survivor, registered nurse, up until oh, she was 30. She retired at 30. Four kids that we have. Heart, a badass. You can see all her abs. Works out one to three times every day. She's a machine. No excuses. Wow. Uh, she started a women's program. Same exact model. First class is on right now. Sold out right away. 24 spots. That's the other thing. We're not trying. It's not a money grab. We limit it to 24 people. If that limits the income, I don't care. We're not doing this for the money. We're doing this to change lives. Yeah. So what happened is, you know, after I'd had a couple hundred guys go through my program, they started asking. My wife wants something like this because she says she's never seen me this good. Do you have something? And I kept saying, I'm not going to teach women. I'm not the guy for that. Yeah. And that turned into convincing my wife, who I think is the most amazing woman I know, to start a women's program. And that's what she has going on. And then on 31dailychallenges.com, it's got a men's program, a women's program, and then it goes on from there. But that's the starting point, kind of the boot camp. 
There you go. I love it. You know, one thing that uh, I I don't have it recently off the thing. I think it's on my phone. But there's been a, a recent thing that's come out that men are now alone more than ever. And even if they're married, they feel alone. You know, men are just shoved into the dirtiest part of their house is the garage or into some sad, pitiful, what do they call them? The basement things, the man cave. You know, I mean, this is your house. <laughs> you usually earn more than your wife. You paid for and built this house and you're not even welcome in it. You know, a lot of men are disrespected sometimes in relationships and different things. You know, they've failed all the shit tests. A, a lot of young men, you know, this incel simp generation makes me mental and they're alone. And women always have a support group. Women are very communal. They always have a support group, but men nowadays don't have. And when I grew up, you know, my alpha grandfather and my father and other men, we went and did things together as men we went fishing we went hunting we went camping we you know we just did stuff we worked on cars we did we did guy stuff together with guys yeah. and and i love hanging out with other dudes because it refills my ma my masculinity but it's so hard nowadays like if i if i meet somebody and i'm like hey you want to go to the gym together and you know be my spotter it's like what are we gay you're like yeah. dude like what the fuck I'll tell you what the most common in my world of networking and building businesses and i bought 14 of my competitors so i had to build relationships over a couple decades mm -hmm. uh, the typical thing if you're in town is do you want to go grab coffee a drink lunch so years ago a friend of mine david redlick taught me to not ask that but instead to say hey let's get to know each other come work out with me and that's my default. Unless you tell me, I know I got a bad injury. Yeah. I can't even go for a walk. Let's go have coffee. Absolutely. Yeah. Otherwise, 90 something percent of my get togethers. Yesterday, I hosted six entrepreneurs who flew in from DC. They're all members of entrepreneurs organization. They're here on their retreat. They came to my house. We did a workout, jumped in the pool, ice bath, sauna, steam room, Wim Hof breath work. And then we talked business around the table, the seven of us for an hour, spend a whole day together. There you go. Typically, I love it. Just, yeah, typically what you're going to find is let's just go have a drink. And I don't drink alcohol. I do smoke cigars. So I like to do that. <laughs> and everybody around me can drink. I don't care. I'm going to have water. Yeah. But, but, but that's the thing I think we need to bring back. It's that camaraderie. It's that brotherhood. I didn't do this for money. In fact, my first class was someone else's book, and it was completely free. 20-something guys, most of them millionaires. But, you know, we have all kinds of guys. But I started with my friends. And then it went on to the next class, the next class. And once they all said, Joel, can you do this again, a second class, and charge us? Because you put a lot into us, charge us. And then they convinced me, and write a book, man, because you've talked about these topics and yours are better. So then I created a book to go with it. But all this was because I really saw a need. Everybody says that, but they're usually chasing money. I'm doing it because I really saw a need for what you just said, to do stuff together. And it's, it's virtual. We got guys yeah. all over the country. A lot of them are linking up because they're like, oh, well, I'm in Wisconsin too. I'm in Pensacola. I'm in, and they're teaming up with each other, but we got this virtual community to bring them all together and do guys stuff. There you go. The one thing you shouldn't do though, I should say is one of my guy friends who knew me on Facebook for a long time, called me up one time and asked me if I want to go hot timing with them. And that's probably the one thing you shouldn't do. We don't want to start with that. You know, first you want to invite a girl out. I think, he was, I think he was wondering cause I've been single all my life and I think he was curious <laughs> about Oh so, yeah. I don't start with that. I get, I get that from a couple gay guys where they're just like, Chris, you've never been married. And I'm like, no, I lived in Vegas for 20 years for a reason. Yeah. If you were in San Francisco, I might think differently. The, the, the check-ins at the Spearmint Rhino are kind of a sign. So there you go. And at strange hotels. So, yeah. I mean, I, what's the old line? 
I, Chris never got married because he never got tired of being happy. But no, I love that you're doing all this stuff. And, and you know, we, we need to bring it back. You know, all these school shooters that are going on, we've had all the authors on the show and the psychologists that have done the studies. These are boys who are lost. They're lost in their manhood. They're lost in their masculinity. They're living in their emotionality like women. And you don't put something. We're designed to kill. I mean, physically designed, we are designed to be killers in our brain and everything. We, we do whatever it takes to protect and fight and war. But, you know, this is what provides this safe society where everyone can complain about how awful men are. Yeah. We want to see how you think if you get together and do guy stuff, that's probably producing violence. My circle are pretty mm-hmm. tough guys. I train jujitsu, and that's why I know some amazing guys. Those are the most kind men you'll ever meet. They can yeah. destroy you. They can break your neck. Yeah. They can put you to sleep. They can do a lot of stuff. But, man, those tough guys are the kindest people, and they're great to women. And, you know, so don't believe the hype. Yeah. And the as an old saying, don't believe what they say, watch what they do. And if yeah, you study the data, it's there. But I'm glad you're doing this. This is really important for men. And if you're a man out there, you need to you need to go find friends. You need to have a circle of friends. You are the when it was the old thing, the five people that you surround you're the yourself average with. Of the five. Yeah. And you need to have a men's group of men. And you don't need to have loser men. You need to have men who are masculine in their healthy masculine, if you want to identify it that way, because health, masculine is healthy in its nature. But you want to you want to have men that are going someplace, that are doing things with their lives, that are achieving things with their lives. People who pull and drive you to be better, because that's what masculinity really is: a drive to be better, a fight to be better. We're we're constantly improving our skills and doing what we do. You know, laying around and living on our emotion is just a horrible place to be. So right. there you go. Do you guys get into any of the stoicism stuff, yeah. meditations, Marcus Aurelius, and things like that? Yeah, we've never. We can't have Marcus Aurelius on the podcast on the show, but on our thing. But yeah, we're still trying yeah. to book him. Yeah, yeah, we all align with it. We share those types of thought. When one of the guys shares something he's going through, because we're there for each other for that stuff, someone will often remind him about stoicism and a particular quote that usually works with yeah. guys. It's so good for men and women like it too. I got a good gal pal. She likes uh, stoicism stuff. She likes the Seneca. So there you go. It, it's good. We it, people shouldn't live in their emotions all the time. Although some people I think have to by biology wise. So thanks for coming on the show, Joel. Give us your dot coms. Where can people find you on the interwebs? Yeah, thirty one dailychallenges.com and I'm on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn as well. There you go. And let's see, order of the book, folks, where fine books are sold. 31 Days to Become a Better Man. Level up in all areas of your life. March 3rd, 2023 is when it came out. And thank you very much, Joel, for coming on the show. Thanks, Manus, for tuning in. Go to goodreads.com, Fortress Chris Foss, LinkedIn.com, Fortress Chris Foss, Chris Foss, one of the TikTokity, and uh, all that good stuff. Thanks for tuning in. Be good to each other. Stay safe. We'll see you next time.